0: Placide Capo wasn't much of a churchgoer, but he was well-known in his small village in France because he was a commissioner of wine for that region. But Placide was also a man of the arts, and even though he wasn't involved in his local congregation, he knew his local priest rather well, and one day the priest requested that Placide write a poem for the benefit of the church at Christmas. And so in 1874, he did write a poem guided by Luke chapter 2 in the birth of Jesus that would be called Cantique de Noel, the Song of Christmas. The song was shortly thereafter set to music, and it was rapidly shared and spread throughout churches in France. However, after some time, the Catholic Church, because the song didn't have enough religious lyrics banned the song from being sung in worship. But despite the fact the song had been banned, people across France continued to sing it anyway. And eventually, it made its way to America and was translated into English. Today, we know this as the Christmas hymn, O Holy Night. And beyond its artistic beauty, some of the themes of this song resonate so deeply with the experience of men and women and boys and girls of that time, and they resonate deeply with the experience of people during this time. You see, in the 1800s, the world was at war. Even before the Great War, the Franco-Prussian War raged across Europe and the Civil War across the United States. And verse 1 of that song states this. The weary world rejoices. The world was weary back then. And I think the world is weary right now. You feel it. You see it. There are a lot of reasons why we could say that the world is weary right now. In our country, we could say, there is weariness because of the political strife that stems from differing visions for our country and the role of government in it. The world is weary of the relational strife that comes through navigating the different viewpoints of how to manage a global pandemic and the fact that people you know and love have been divided based on these viewpoints and strife is incredibly wearisome. The world is weary due to the overprogramming of our family life. The world is weary due to the obese nature of information that is coming at us and the glut of technology and what not only what those things do for us but perhaps more wearisome is what they do to us, And the world is weary of uncertainty. I know many of us are. Life is always uncertain, but it feels like in the back and forth of these past couple of years that life may be even more uncertain than normal. And the cumulative effect of weariness Results in a sort of apathy or disorientation that leads us to grasp for things that we think will revive our spirits. But in fact, they only contribute to further our weariness. And that is a picture of the world over the last few years and as a result, it grows and grows in this weariness as it grasps, as we grasp for all the wrong things. Last Sunday, we talked about some of the ways in which the themes of Advent, the coming of Jesus, point to how a weary world, even as weary as we are, a world can rejoice at the coming of Jesus. And we spoke about the themes of love and joy and hope and how those things happen at his coming and it causes us to rejoice. And tonight, we continue that theme and we look at just one aspect of Jesus' coming, one theme of Advent. We consider peace. A weary world can rejoice because in his coming, Jesus brings the opportunity for peace. In Luke chapter 2, we see an announcement, and it is an announcement of peace. The host of angels, it says, the word host means army. An army, God's army, Comes to announce peace. This is what it says. The angel said to them, being the shepherds, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a great multitude of the heavenly host, the heavenly army, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. So the angel appears and the host behind him And he proclaims a message after giving details of the birth of Jesus. What should you look for? What will you see? What will it be like? What is his name? He gives an announcement. And the announcement's in that last verse. Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. God gets the glory, and you get the peace. God gets the glory at the coming of Jesus, but you get the peace. And when we think about peace, we most often think about the opposite of war. We think about maybe more generally the opposite of struggle. And peace is a fairly popular thing to promote. (laughs) Peace is one of those things that gets you kudos or extra points if you bring it up in the right connotation with the right desires. In fact, our country is so good at memorializing peace that we make a peace monument after every war that we're in. But peace is more than that. Peace is more than the opposite of struggle. Peace is harmony. And harmony is when the component parts or relationships of life work together in a suitable way. When you hear four voices singing, in perfect complementary fashion, you hear harmony. And it's deep and it's rich and it's beautiful. Many of you long for harmony in your households, but you have children. And part of having children is that they don't know what they're supposed to do and you have the opportunity of training them in what they're supposed to do. But when the members of your household are functioning in unity and complementarity, each person doing their part, then you have harmony. You have peace in your home. So to say that someone has peace is not simply to say that they're not at war. To say someone has peace points to the fact that they navigate life in a way that is harmonious with the things around them. And in doing so, they have well-being. And the announcement of the angels is that a weary world can rejoice because Jesus at his coming brings the opportunity for you to have peace. But friends, the world is weary. You feel it now. And it's interesting that Humankind has always had the propensity to bring it back to a place of exhaustion or weariness. Because the desire for peace is not just new today and the weariness of the world is not unique to our time, is it? Generation after generation longs for peace. In fact, seven centuries before Jesus came, his role as one who would bring peace was foretold by the prophet Isaiah. This is what it says in Isaiah 9-6, For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, the government shall be upon his shoulders, his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Another prophet We'll see if you can get this one. <laughs> Another prophet, Micah, prophesies of Jesus' coming centuries before he arrives, announcing that he will bring peace. He says, and he shall stand and shepherd his flock in the strength of the Lord, in the majesty of the name of the Lord his God, and they shall dwell secure. For now he shall be great to the ends of the earth, and he shall be their peace. And so take all three announcements together and start to get the picture of what this Savior is bringing. The angels, the army of God, say peace among those with whom he is pleased. The prophets say his name shall be called the Prince of Peace and he shall be their peace. A weary world Can rejoice because at his coming, Jesus brings the opportunity for peace. And so, how does the coming of Jesus bring peace to your present weariness? Because that's what everybody really wants to know when you are weary and grasping for things to revive you. There are many ways that the coming of Jesus brings you peace tonight I mentioned just three the first is the most important that with the coming of Jesus you have the opportunity for peace with God there are some of us here tonight that know we know we just know it deep down in here that we are not at peace with God you know you've just gone your own way you've been doing things your own way You've given little consideration to God or how he would have you live. And what happens if you still acknowledge him in some ways but continue to do your own thing, what develops in you is what we might call a cognitive dissonance because you know or at least intellectually you recognize that God, if he really is the eternal king of the universe, you know that there is something in you That should point your life in a way that reflects his reality. And yet, when we do our own way, we don't do that. We know that life isn't reflecting the greatness of who he is or his place or his position or his person. And so internally, you have no peace. (laughs) And you'll notice the announcements of the angels. They say, Peace among those with whom God is pleased. They don't announce peace for everybody. They only announce peace for some. And so the question is is, how is God pleased with you? And how can you have that kind of peace? And the reality that the scripture points to us again and again is that for God to be pleased with you, you need to be perfect. And sinless in who you are. But none of us are. And this is why Jesus came. And this is how he provides peace. Because Jesus comes to forgive sin. To purify the sinner. For those who put their faith in him and his work. And turn from their way and back to God. He gives them peace. The scripture says that God is reconciling the world to himself through the work of Jesus. And that reconciliation is available to you through what we call repentance and faith. Confessing your sin, turning toward God and asking for his grace. And he promises when you put your faith in his son to give it to you. And so that's why Paul writes in Romans chapter 5, since therefore we have been justified by faith or made right before God by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. A weary world can rejoice because Jesus brings the opportunity for peace and specific peace with God. But the second type of peace that you can have is that you can have peace in a world that is not peaceful. Because we know, as the scripture lays out, and in your very own life, this world is not peaceful. And the prospects of it being peaceful for long periods of time are rather dim. But peace, my friends, is not just the absence of war. Peace is harmony with the things around you. And so how can you function in a world that is not peaceful in a harmonious fashion? Well, Micah 5.5 tells us. It tells us that he will be our peace. Which means that our circumstances are not what creates peace. At least not in here. Your circumstances might create comfort, but comfort is not the same as peace. There are plenty of very comfortable people who experience no peace. (laughs) And so, how does this trust in the Lord Jesus give us peace? Well, it's because we're not trusting the circumstances around us. We're not trusting the ones around us to make those circumstances better. We are trusting Him in His very person. And when you do, when you are grounded in Him, your perspective, perspective of your circumstances begin to change. And He is the one that gives you peace. And stability, even when the circumstances are bad or even when the circumstances are good, Jesus becomes your peace. And the third way that we see peace for a weary world today is this. You can have confidence in this world in the midst of uncertainty. I think uncertainty is one of the biggest factors to weariness today, whether it's COVID or politics or relationships or families. Uncertainty feels more acute today, but you can have confidence because of the coming of Jesus, and this is why. Because if God, in His divine majesty, came all the way down, all the way down to give you peace, then you can know that he will not go back on his promise or undo the peace that he has given you, no matter how difficult the circumstances around you appear to be. And this is where the themes of Advent all coalesce together, because God in his infinite love sent his Son, and in sending his Son, those who meet him in faith as the light who penetrates the darkness, experience a tremendous joy. Love, faith, joy. And that joy, that deep-rooted happiness that is found in him points to the fact that we have a hope. A hope is not just for today. It's not just for tomorrow. It is for today and tomorrow and the year after and eternity. And because you have hope, you can have peace. Because if God is for you, then who could be against you? No matter what the world looks like around you. A weary world can rejoice because Jesus brings the opportunity for peace. Back in France, it was a weary world The song had been banned from the church for almost two decades, but many commoners still sung Cantique de Noel at home. And legend has it that on the eve of Christmas in 1871, in the midst of the fierce fighting between the armies of Germany and France during the Franco-Prussian War, A French soldier suddenly jumped out of his muddy trench. Both sides stared at the seemingly crazed man. But boldly standing with no weapon in his hand or at his side, he lifted his eyes to the heaven and he sang loudly the words, Midnight, Christians. It is the solemn hour when the man God came down to us. It was the beginning of Cantique de Noel. And after completing all three verses, a German infantryman climbed out of his hiding place and he answered the call with the words in song, From heaven above to earth I come To bear good news to every home Glad tidings of great joy I bring Whereof I now will say and sing It was the beginning of Martin Luther's robust Christmas hymn, From Heaven Above to Earth, I Come. And the story goes that the fighting stopped for the next 24 hours while the men on both sides observed a temporary peace in honor of Christmas Day. A temporary peace in honor of the Prince of Peace. A temporary peace in honor of the one who would be their peace. But, friends, you don't have to just experience a temporary peace. You can experience true, lasting, internal, and eternal peace through the faith in this Savior. And that is the good news of Christmas. And so I wish you, my friends, a very merry Christmas. No matter how weary you are, a weary world can rejoice because Jesus brings the opportunity for peace. And it's a peace that I hope you embrace as you cling to him. Please pray with me. Father, I thank you that we are not left to grasp longer in the midst of our weariness, that in your son you give peace and peace that is lasting through the circumstances of life. I pray today for those in here who have not put their faith in this baby in a manger who grows to be a man who saves sinners on the cross. For those who have not put their faith in him, God, I pray that today, their lack of peace would compel them toward faith. That you are so gracious that we need but ask for your forgiveness. And in your love and mercy, you give it. Father, for my friends and family who have known the Lord and love him, continue to give us peace in the midst of weariness. Help us to not find peace in our circumstances, but to allow Jesus to be our peace, that we would know him and love him and be faithful in the midst of all of the ups and downs and the lefts and rights of this life. And we ask this, God, for the sake of your glory and for the sake of our good. Amen.